Good evening, good evening, good evening. Well, the sun isn't shining. The birds, well, the birds are chirping. And you are breathing. Tonight is Friday, June the 25th, 2021. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, gritty, which means showing courage and determination. Hope everyone has enjoyed their Friday end of the work week. Well, like I said, the sun isn't shining. It's it's raining here in North Carolina. I can still hear, hear the birds chirping. But above any and all things, like I said, you are breathing. And I hope you enjoy your weekend that's coming up also. All right, let's move along here. Um, I'm sure we've all heard the sad story coming out of Miami, uh, the condo collapse. That last report that I heard, it may have been sometime this morning, they were saying 159 people were unaccounted for. And there, there's a story that, that came out also of a little boy that was pulled, pulled from, from under the rubble, but sadly his mother didn't make it. Certainly, certainly prayers for everyone involved. I mean, if you saw that, the footage of that building collapsing, man, it's a miracle anyone is alive. It it, it truly is. Prayers to everyone involved. Prayers for me and I'm sure a a lot of you out there. Let's also move on here. Uh, Looks like uh, uh, Derek Chauvin, the uh, ex-Minneapolis police officer that was charged and convicted for killing George Floyd will serve 22 and a half years behind bars. Judge gave him time, uh, gave him credit for time served. I'm not sure about that. I never understood why those judges do that, but I guess that's a, a, I don't know, maybe a good faith thing. I don't know why you would give him credit for time served. I mean, during that time he was, that was your investigation or, or your trial was taking place. I mean, Hey, if you did it, you did it. If anything, it should be time lost. Give him the whole 22 and a half. You know, his uh, DA and and the George Floyd uh, attorneys were hoping for, uh, I believe it was 30 years. They didn't get that, didn't quite get that. Um, Then there's some that are saying, hey, he probably won't pull that whole 22 and a half years. They may be right. I mean, the way the judicial system is set up, a, a lot of times good behavior or maybe even overcrowding or whatever or what have you, 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 some people don't serve that full sentence. Many are saying eight. I say maybe he'll pull 10 and that's just for good measure. Um, I also, I don't believe he's going to serve that full term. I just don't. That's just me. I just don't. Hey, what can I say? What can I say? Anyway, it, it sends a sign to those in law enforcement Many may say that it's, it's going to make them apprehensive about doing their job. I think not. If anything, I think they would make them more alert as to what they are doing on their job, because that there was just it was just sickening. I'm sorry. There was no law enforcement in that. Like I've said before, I couldn't I, I can't find it. I couldn't find it anywhere. Nothing in that scream law enforcement. Not in the least. All right, let's move along here. We're going to go back into our men's. Health Month, uh, five more days left in the month of June here. So we're going to dive right into uh, something called uh, prostate 
cancer. Now, one thing I've learned or found out that prostate cancer is the most common cancer next to skin cancer. Didn't know that. Now, if you're saying to yourself, what is a prostate? A prostate is a small walnut-sized gland that produces seminal fluid that nourishes and transports sperm. Now, it's estimated that this year alone, alone, 248,530 men will be diagnosed with prostate cancer. Of that, 8% will be clinic will be diagnosed with clinic, clinically advanced stage prostate cancer. 12.3% of uh, Black Americans have prostate cancers. 10.5% of Hispanics have prostate cancers. And 63 of non-Hispanic whites have prostate cancers. Uh, cancer, I'm sorry. Uh, what's, what's surprising to me, and, and I didn't know, was that pro- the, the numbers for prostate cancer are higher in Black Americans, males. I thought to myself, wow, that's one more thing to uh, be on the, the lookout for. Now, what they're saying is prostate cancer is rare in men younger than 40, but chances rise in men after 50. That's why they have you do those screening screenings at 50. Now, about six out of 10 cases occur in men older than 65. Now, as I said, prostate cancer develops more often in African-Americans and Caribbean, Caribbean men of African descent than other men. But when it does develop for some of the other men, they tend to be younger. And one thing I, I found out while doing this research, there's a, a, a lot of unanswered questions about prostate cancer. A lot of things they can't seem to nail down as to as far as the cause and who it affects and, you know, far as like diet or, or if you're pre-exposed or, or hereditary, they really can't nail it down. But one thing they could nail down was that the numbers are higher in African-American men and Caribbean men of African descent. Now, like I said, they can't seem to to figure out or narrow, narrow, narrow down. It isn't clear if uh, prostate cancer is hereditary. Well, some families, they, they found that multiple family members through the generations develop prostate cancer, but they can't determine fully if it's hereditary. But still, most cases of prostate cancers, of course, what they're saying is there is a family history. But like I said, they can't narrow it down. As far as the diet goes, what they have discovered in some cases that men who eat a lot of uh, dairy products appear to have a slightly higher chance of uh, getting prostate cancer. Study also shows that men that consume a lot of calcium from food supplements may have a higher risk of developing prostate cancer also. Now, if you know, like with, with most diseases, there, there's this thing where they say that is it linked to uh, weight or, or being overweight or obesity or maybe even smoking? They haven't been able to nail that down either. Chemical exposure. Now, some research does show that firefighters can be exposed to some chemicals that may increase their risk of developing prostate cancer and other cancers for that matter. I mean, that's that's 
that's um, I wouldn't say a gimme. A, a, a lot of firefighters they develop cancer, lung cancer, or, or whatever. I, I think it's more lung cancer because, of course, the the smoke. Uh, but they're saying some chemicals that, that that may increase a risk also. Now, what are the signs of of prostate cancer? And and like I said earlier, those screenings not just for prostate cancer, but for a lot of diseases, they are, I, I think they should become mandatory. I mean, you really, you really can't tell anyone what they can and can't do. But if, if you're a male, it needs to be mandatory in your mind. Let's put it like that. Mandatory in your mind to get these screenings. And I did find, find something out interesting. I went to the doctor the other day and I spoke to my doctor about colon and and prostate screening. I mean, I'm 47, so I'm saying, hey, it's about that time. Can I get it a little early? He said that um, essentially they they recommend, of course, 50. Earlier than that, they're saying that it it has to be a, an extreme medical condition, whereas I guess if you go in for an examination and they do the test and they find out, you know, you have some form of cancer or whatever. So they're, they're holding off on 50. And, and and I can remember at one point in time, I swear, I swear, I swear, I know whole, wholeheartedly that these screens were earlier than 50. They were in their 40s and 40, maybe 40 or 45. But insurance companies raised holy hell because they didn't want to pay for it. So I guess that's why they uh, upped it to 50. Pretty sickening, if you ask me. Uh, I, it just is. Now, like I said, what are the signs of prostate cancers? Um Frequent urination. Now, this usually starts a bit late as the disease progresses. So usually when, you know, most men, they find out that, you know, through the frequent urination and when they go and ask the doctor what's going on, they have a diagnosis diagnosis of uh, prostate cancer. That's usually later on. But how this works is uh, it puts extra pressure on the bladder as the prostate enlarges forcing the bladder to become unable to retain urine. That's their, that's their, hey, that's a frequent, frequent urination. Now, how prostate cancer develops, and, and, and I didn't know, like I said, I'm learning as I go with this because I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Even though I'm a male, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not up on this. I, I need to be as I get older. And, and that's part of the reason why I, I'm doing this podcast special on, on Men's Health Month. Like I said, I don't know that much. I'm learning as I go, and I hope I can pass the information on to some others who will pass it on to some others. And, and hey, just go out and get these screenings. Just, just do. Now, how they describe it is prostate cancer usually develops on the uh, opposite side of the prostate. And that's the one facing the rectum. And that's how they uh, some they may do a prostate exam and colonoscopy, of course, through the rectum. A lot of men don't like that. But, hey, you, you got to grin and bear it, man. I, I would much rather have that procedure and find out, hopefully, in time, as opposed to having it progress and I'm not knowing. And by the time I find out, it's too late. It's just too late. So, Go get those screenings. I'll be screaming. I'll be screaming screenings all throughout this podcast and throughout the rest of them. Also, I screamed it throughout the uh, previous ones. Screen, 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 screen yourself. Do self examinations. Now, like I said, it, it's 
on the opposite side of the prostate, the one facing the rectum, which is why it takes a bit more time until the tumor reaches the other side. And that's what affects the bladder, that pressure. Now, what I, I what one thing that came out was as far as treatment, what they're saying is with most prostate cancers cases, they never become life-threatening. It's what's called localized prostate cancer, which means the cancer hasn't moved out of the area where it is detected. And I thought to myself, wow, that's pretty good. And, and with that localized pro- prostate cancer, what they're saying is they can they can monitor it to see if it somehow reduces its size or they have radiation treatment, of course. And that's uh, they could give it now they could give you radiation in pill form as opposed to that other form where they sat there and they zapped you or whatever. I shouldn't say zap, should I? <laughs> but I shouldn't say that. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't know that they could give you radiation or, or chemo through, uh, I guess, it's, I think it's chemo. Chemo or, or radiation, you know, chemo, they could give it to you in pill form, which they say isn't that um, harsh on your body. If you've ever seen anyone go through chemo, that is a hard thing to watch. Now, another way they determine the treatment for a prostate cancer or any cancer is what they term spread. And that determines the stage of cancer. That's how if it spreads throughout your body. I believe stage four, stage five are the highest. That's when it's, it's totally uh, it's, it's everywhere. Or they can also determine your treatment by the grade of the cancer. And that's how it looks under the microscope. So we know that that prostate cancer, like I said, is a common form of cancer next to skin cancer. And and of course, you know, I, hey, that's that's mind blowing. I didn't know that. And also with skin cancer, if I could just get off topic for a moment, I've I've heard a lot of uh, Black Americans say, "Well, Black people don't get skin cancer." Uh, yeah, we do. Our numbers have greatly gone up with skin cancer also. I uh, A few years back, I had a, a skin cancer scare. Well, what had happened was I went to the doctor. I had a blister on my foot, an old blister. And, it, it, you know, it, it was nothing. It, of course, at that point in time, when I was younger, I used to wear, <laughs> I used to wear these boots, Durango boots. I don't know if anybody out there remembers uh, Durango boots. They were my club boots in my young days before all the kids and, and the wife and the wives, I should say. Uh, yeah, I, I would wear these boots and uh, they ended up putting a blister on the bottom of my foot. When I went in, you know, me being a diabetic and of course, you know, they examine your foot. When the doctor looked at my foot, she asked me, what is this? I said, well, that's an old blister. That's nothing. But she became uh, alert. I won't say alarmed. She became alert because um uh, and I didn't know this either. And I'm hoping, like I said, I'm passing this stuff on because I hope someone will will get it and, and go with it. Apparently, one of the signs of skin cancer is uh, that discoloration on the bottom of your foot. So when she saw the blister and it has, looked like it was this discoloration, changing colors, it was an alert. She said, I think we need to get a biopsy on this. And, and, and now that I look back on it, yeah, it does look pretty bad. I probably would have said the same thing myself if I had been paying attention. So long short of it is three biopsies later, and of course the what ifs 
that had entered my mind. Everything turned out fine. I didn't have skin cancer. But skin cancer in African-Americans or Black Americans has risen drastically. I don't have the numbers readily available. But if you're thinking to yourself, uh, the pigmentation in our skin, that thwarts off skin cancer, think again. They highly recommend that, of course, as long as you're going outside, put on that sunscreen. And for us as African-Americans, I believe it's the highest, what do they call it, SPF or whatever that is. And, and of course, also get those screenings and do those self-examinations. Look at your skin. See what's going on. You see some discoloration. Hey, go to the doctor. Tell them, hey, I, I think I need a, a skin cancer screen. There's a lot of things. That, and like I said in previous podcasts, there's a lot of things and a lot of myths that I've discovered that that as I do this research, I find that I was misinformed and it wasn't a purple purposefully thing while being misinformed. It's just misinformation gets out there. Myths, stereotypes, uh, old beliefs, new beliefs, or maybe even fears as it relates to the, this uh, anything in the medical field. If I could say anything to men out there tonight, we've got to be vigilant, mindful of what is going on with our body. Like I said, when, when I had that skin cancer scare, <laughs> the what ifs, I was fine because like I told I told you, I told us, oh, that's an old blister. That's nothing. But once they, you know, I guess once they did that biopsy, <laughs> the first biopsy, I was like, uh-oh, what if this thing comes back positive? What if I have skin cancer? What am I going to do? <laughs> the what ifs. And that's another reason why I, I say, hey, no matter what, screen, 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 screen. Get your screenings. I would much rather know than not know. Now, let's get back to this prostate cancer because, um, like I said, prostate cancer, it, 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 it affects African-American or Black Americans. They're saying some of the highest numbers. And they can't trace it back. I guess they're still learning about it, it seems, because they can't trace it back to diet, can't trace it back to being overweight or obese or smoking. Uh, they can't trace it back to hereditary factors, although they strongly believe. Because I believe when I read one story, they said that a brother had it. And I guess... It, it somehow, some way he had another brother that had a child and, and, you know, years later down the line, that brother's son got it. And I, I quite think, I think the father had it, the, the grandfather had it. So they're, they're saying they can't fully pinpoint, pinpoint that it is hereditary, but it could be. Those screenings, those screenings, these screenings are, are paramount for us as men. And I don't care what your race is or what your class or what your age is. Get these screenings. They're there for a reason. And I keep saying it, but I would much rather know, much rather know than not to know. And the one, another thing that keeps popping up in my mind as I do these the, these podcasts and do these research, because I read a lot of stories of men that have left family behind, 
their kids. And I think to myself, man, how could how would I feel knowing I was leaving my kids behind if I could possibly I won't say prevent, but if I had gotten something detected earlier that could possibly been taken care of or quite possibly because like with prostate, they're saying with that localized prostate cancer, you're able to live. They just have to monitor that the, the, the size of, of the prostate to make sure it doesn't grow, to make sure the tumor doesn't grow. And, and, and they have, you know, like I said, medicine or they have procedures to uh, help with that. So prostate cancer isn't a death sentence as long as it's detected early. Screenings, screening, 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 screenings. I'll say it to the cows come home. Screen. That's what I, 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 hey, that's what I'm going to be screaming, screening. So, and, and I didn't know that. I didn't even know that. I think all the stories I've heard of prostate cancer, it was too late. I didn't know, you know, I knew this, I knew about the stages of different cancers. And I didn't know that with that localized prostate cancer, it's considered to be the early stages. Usually when we, or I've heard of prostate cancers, it was in the last stages. And, you know, hey, people passed on shortly thereafter. But one thing that that I I found is, like I said, those screenings. A lot of people weren't going to get those screenings, and by the time they found out, it was too late. Localized prostate cancer. They they flat out said it's not a death wish. You can live with it. You can persevere. You just have to get screened. You have to get checked. And 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 like I said, when I talked to my doctor. Um, the other day, I went uh, yesterday, actually, when I talked to my doctor yesterday and I asked him about the uh, prostate and, and colonoscopy. And he told me, well, they're really saying it's for 50 or above. And if if it is for anyone under 40, but he acknowledged that it is for prostate and, and colonoscopy too, colon cancer too. It is high and prevalent and, and black males it has to be a medical emergency. And I thought to myself, well, that's a bunch of nonsense. That's that's absurd to me. All because, and I, like I said, I can remember when these insurance companies didn't want to pay for those screenings. It, apparently it, it, it was too much. Maybe it cut into their bottom line or raised the premiums, which you keep hearing a lot of people, a lot of these insurance companies talk about as it relates. We all remember the Obamacare debacle and debate you know, and then one of the things he was saying was, yeah, we need to have this free medical because the insurance companies were saying that, you know, when people don't have medical insurance, it raises the premiums for those that do the premiums and the pharmacy prescriptions and whatever and what have you. Um, <laughs> that's just uh, I mean, they're a business. I get that they're going to cut costs at all levels in, in any way they can. But uh, I would. I mean, for you to cut costs to the point where you're going to at one point in time, you said these screenings for prostate and colon cancer or whatever. I do remember they were at 40. I was in my 30s at that time or or might, might have been just turning 30. And I can remember thinking to myself, oh, crap, in 10 years, I got to have one of those screenings. They're gonna, you know, you, well, we know how colonoscopies and these prostate exams work. I said, great, I got I looking forward to that. And then a, a year or so later, I found out or I heard that they were changing it to 50. And I thought to myself, why, the, if it's so such a problem now, 
and and I won't say intimate death. Why are they changing it to 50? They didn't want to pay for it. That's why I say we need to be on the be vigilant. Make it mandatory in your mind to get these screenings. Do these, you do your own self-evaluation, self-examination, evaluation, however you want to say it. Do it. I can tell you, I know my body. And I'm man enough to tell you that. I know my body. I, I know when my skin starts to look crazy. I know when my muscles ache. I know when my feet ache. I know my body. Know your body. Self-examination. There's no shame in it. None whatsoever. <laughs> I remember <laughs> I remember TLC had this song called I'm Not Afraid to Touch Myself. <laughs> uh, hey, if women do it and it's been proven and shown by the numbers that w- women live longer than men and they go to the doctors more frequent than men, that's because they do those self-examinations. And that's another thing that came out of this prostate uh, uh, cancer research that I did. They said, don't be ashamed to do a, a self-examination. Of course, you don't, you know, do that. But like I said, you could tell when your body's off. I think every human being on this earth can do that. You can tell when something's not right. We have to, as men, we have to become more vigilant. We have to make this mandatory in our minds to get screened, no matter what. No one's going to think you're soft. Lose that ego and pride. There's a lot of men. I, I, I tell my sons all the time. Uh, uh, th- there's a lot of men that are sitting in prison with that ego and pride. There's a lot of men, a lot of fathers, a lot of uncles laying in the graveyard behind foolish pride and ego. Lose it. Screen yourself. Make it mandatory in your mind. I've got to get these screenings. I got to do these self-examinations and go and then go get these screenings. I got to have these regular doctor doctors visit. I'm guilty of that, not having regular doctors visit visits. I am. I'm ashamed to say. You may be saying, "Well, how can you dispense it? You're saying all this stuff and you don't do it." Uh, I can say it because I know the effects or side effects of not doing it wholeheartedly. And one thing, if I could say, I would much rather take advice from someone that's going through it or has gone through it than those that just sit around and read numbers to you all day. And you're just a number. Some of the best advice I've ever gotten in my life as an adult and even as a child has come from those that have been through it, lived through it and continue to move forward. So if there's anything I can say to anyone or any man out there tonight that's possibly listen, once again, screen, screen, screen. Make it mandatory in your mind. No one's going to make you soft because you go to the doctor. Trust me. I'm I'm one of those guys I don't like pain. But there's no way the, the pain that that can come from not doing what you're supposed to do to take care of your body, that age old saying of self-preservation, that trumps that for me. <laughs> that trumps me. I would rather have a little mild discomfort and quite possibly embarrassment somehow, some way, which I can't figure out. This is just a medical procedure than to be in excruciating life ending pain. Trust me. 
get those screenings. Well, that's all for me tonight. And I would like to thank you all for lending me your ears this evening. (laughs) Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. And I would love to hear your voice. I won't bite. Not physically anyway. Verbally, I may. But as always, offer feedback. Pretty thick skin. I won't cry. I won't weep. Trust me. I've been through a lot in my days and and someone thinking they're telling me about myself ain't going to hurt my feelings. Not one bit. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Verbal, and WordPress. This is Stephen Cornegay for This Is Just a Thought. Amen.